Hey, welcome once again to Ask, where we're going to see why did Jesus say he brought a sword and a couple of other great questions. So stay tuned for this next episode. Welcome back once again to this episode of Ask, where you ask the questions, we answer them. And uh, you can go to cornerstonebv.org. It's our website. A lot of good things, resources for you there. You can sign up for one of our gatherings in the weekend or go to the media page. Drop down, you'll hit Ask. And uh, you can submit your question there and just wait. An upcoming episode will answer it. All right, so somebody asked this. Please explain Matthew 10, 34. All right, short and simple. In fact, I believe it was Dick Corey, and we love Dick, and so great question. And it is a confusing verse. Jesus said this in that verse, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Pretty awesome, but also like, wait a minute, what happened to peace on earth, right? And uh, goodwill towards men and all that. Well, that's kind of a mistranslated verse. It's basically peace on earth to those to whom his favor rests. And so, yes, it'll bring peace ultimately for those whom come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, but the key there, I think, with the verse Jesus is saying there is to the earth. And the earth, meaning the, the fallen earth, where it's just, just ruptured, by sin in, in so many different ways that Jesus came to redeem and to save. So uh, yes, he came in that way. Ultimately, there will be peace for those who know and love him in the new heavens and the new earth. But this addition of earth, he didn't come to bring a peace to everyone living on it. Uh, instead, because that is a sinful, it's a sinful place ruled by Satan, the prince of this world. And so he actually came with the gospel the coming kingdom of God to disrupt all of that. So he knew, and you know too, it's been ever since then, there's been major opposition. It started with Christ. They opposed him, they put him on the cross. And so doing, uh, he used that to save us, but there was opposition. It's opposition against the very first apostles, first 300 years, right? Everyone being hunted and killed. Uh, why? Why such opposition? Because Satan is opposing and he uses those who oppose God's will as pawns, right, to oppose the gospel. And so it disrupts families, it disrupts uh, societies and cultures, and, and it has been. It really, we look at it as a really good thing because it brings the joy of the gospel to a fallen world. But make no mistake about it, it will divide. Uh, even today, especially today, you go to uh, uh, Muslim heavily, uh, countries that are heavily Muslim, for instance, where if a Muslim young man or young woman decides to come to Christ, they could be killed or certainly ostracized forever from their family. This is what Jesus means. To follow me, to pick up my, your, his cross, to follow in his way means I don't look back. And it's going to mean division. It's going to mean persecution. And, it, and it's going to bring a war to this earth because Satan likes the status quo and Christ is bringing a conquering sword against that. Okay, hopefully that helps. It is a confusing verse. Great question by Dick there. Second question, in Exodus, the ages of the people were very old. How is this? I'm assuming he meant Genesis. I'm going to go based on that because they're not really old in Exodus. So certainly pre-flood, um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I think the oldest Methuselah, what was he? almost 900 or just over 900 years old. Um, I forget, but something, somewhere in there, so almost a thousand years living on the planet. So that seems fanciful uh, or, or almost mythological. Are you kidding me, right? But it's answered in the scriptures. Um, Genesis 6, when um, right before 
the, the flood, when God's about to judge people on, uh, on the earth through the, the worldwide flood, he says, Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. So, does he mean very specific as no one ever lived beyond 120 and, and obviously most of us don't get there? Uh, no, he just kind of means it's in general and, and you see that today. No one's living beyond that or if they are, it's a tremendous anomaly and it's barely beyond it. Um, and so, you know, in Exodus, sure, you had Moses live to be 120, right? So kind of the, the perfect model for that. And so that became the average age, maybe not the average age, that kind of became the cap. And, and so uh, I think pre-flood, uh, there was a reason why it became so sinful. Think about all the, the carnage you can cause in 70 to 80 years. Imagine if you lived eight to 900 years and, and how uh, awesome these people thought. They learned so much, they gained so much knowledge and so much uh, information all of those years that they actually began to think they were God and acted like it. And it was bringing tremendous carnage to the earth. And so that's why God judged and said, no more. You, you only get a limited time and then you're out uh, because of all the problems it, it, it can cause. Why were they able to live? Well, first of all, God allowed it and then he didn't. Okay, so God, that, God allowed people to live that long and then post-flood he said no more. So how did he make that happen? There's lots of good theories. Uh, Pre-flood, uh, things were very, very different. Um, it seems based on the scriptures that there was a canopy. It might have been a very water-like canopy that would have blocked the sun. A lot of scientists believe that that allowed people a much better condition to then uh, live a lot longer and their diet was better whatever it might be, however God used it, it was really just up to God. He made that, that point when he flooded the earth no longer, 120 is the cap, okay? Um, lastly, why did God's plan include the other guy carrying the cross for Jesus? So Simon from Cyrene, um, is there something that's supposed to symbolize or fulfill or something? I would say, yeah, I mean, it doesn't specifically say why Simon was there, but we can get a few things from that. Simon, of course, if you don't know the context, Jesus wasn't just crucified, but before that Pontius Pilate had him scourged. That's a flogging or a whipping, but worse, it would have little shards of bone in the end, so it just ripped the flesh off of you. And some criminals would die of that. Jesus did not, of course. Um, but there would have been tremendous weakness and blood loss. As you can imagine, 39 lashings of, uh, of bone ripping from your flesh. And so Jesus coming off of that, uh, he just he was supposed to carry probably the cross beam to Golgotha, uh, which wasn't too, too far, but he just was not able to do it. He just didn't have the strength. So what does this teach us? Uh, a few things. Number one, that Jesus was fully human when he died for us. He never ceased to be fully God but he was fully human. He wasn't just walking around like, this doesn't really hurt, I'm dying for humanity, you know, with his long locks and his beautiful eyelashes. That's not what was happening. He was suffering because he was fully human. And he took that suffering in our place. So this teaches us, yeah, this detail shows he was really suffering. He needed someone to help. Um, what else it, it does is it, um, it, it helps give evidence against the theories that Jesus did not die. He was in such rough shape. Then he went to the cross, all that happened there. The idea that he swooned and passed out and the Roman guards just thought that and buried him. And then he crawled out of the tomb and that was the resurrected Jesus. There's many, including Muslims, who believe that. 
Um, and that's just clearly biblically and historically impossible. And this kind of helps back that up along with many other details. I would also say that lastly, um, it's just a really cool detail. Uh, most believe that Simon became a Christian. He was obviously a Jewish man coming for the Passover, uh, but he became a Christian. And uh, the reason we think that, we don't know that for sure, is that it's mentioned that, uh, who his kids are. And um, so the early church would have known his kids. His kids were probably Christians. How did they become Christians? Most like to theorize that Simon, with that interaction of Jesus, became a Christian, a follower of Christ. And it's really cool to think about, and just a reminder of how different, many different paths there may be to coming to Christ, you know, and that yours just might look very different than mine, that person, uh, or it may very similar, but the fact is God reaches us in different places and in many different ways. Um, the destination is the same, the love of Jesus Christ. All right, great question. Hopefully we'll see you next week on Ask. Hopefully we see you this weekend in one of our three gatherings. God bless, see you soon.